0: From Vermont Digger, I'm Mike Dougherty. This is The Deeper Dig. Today is Thursday, June 7th. In the coming week, state's attorneys in two counties will be holding what they're calling expungement days, offering assistance to Vermonters looking to clear their records of misdemeanor marijuana convictions.
1: I anticipate that it's gonna be the first of many steps that we take to get people who are entitled to expungement the actual relief that they
0: deserve. State's attorney David Cahill is leading the process in Windsor County.
1: This upcoming Saturday is all about misdemeanor possession of marijuana offenses. There are 2,800 convictions Vermont-wide for that specific crime for the last 10 years alone. So there are lots of people out there who have those convictions. And many of those people, in fact almost all of them, are entitled to get legal relief in the form of expungement. I anticipate signing expungement petitions agreeing to expunge the vast majority of those convictions.
0: One of those people is Josh Rowe.
2: I hadn't been up to Canada in a long time, and I had a new girlfriend. And both of us being from Vermont, we decided we were going to go to Montreal to have lunch. And we got to the border, and they told me no. <laughs>
0: Josh grew up in Vermont. He's now based near Boston.
2: And that was the first time they had asked me if I had any arrests. And since I hadn't been so long, it was the first time I told them yes, I had. And they'd they were not okay with letting me through to go to lunch with two marijuana charges.
0: <laughs> so what did you do?
2: Uh, we just we turned around and went home. But then um, I guess since that one time that I got denied forever, I have a mark saying that I was denied once and they need to talk to me more.
0: I wonder if you'll tell me about where these charges came from. Can you tell me when you first got hit with these possession charges?
2: Well, One of the things that I've I noticed about myself is that I'm almost odd to say, but too good of a character that every time I was confronted by the police about marijuana, I kind of just said, yeah, here it is. I hand it over. I did it. Sorry. You know, because I guess, honestly, in my mind, it, it's not as big of a deal as it might be to, to other folks, but it always ended up being a bigger deal. <laughs>
0: and that happened to you more than once?
2: Yeah, twice. Well, one time they, they approached my house and said that they'd got a phone call from somebody that I might have bought in my house. I said, yeah, come on in, here it is, basically is how it went down. And then another time, I got pulled over for a traffic thing, and at that time, I actually didn't have a license, so I got arrested for that. And um, I gave them the permission just to search the car, knowing full well I had pot in the car, but just you asked me, and sure, search it. So I kind of, you know, just let it happen, which wasn't the best idea at that point.
0: Can you tell me at all about your experience in the legal system that that comes after that?
2: Originally I got a lawyer, Brooks MacArthur, who I really liked, and he was recommended to me by a few people and he helped me get my charges as low as I could as he could. I think I ended up with two weekends in jail for the first one and maybe a week of community service for the second one or a couple days.
0: But then you started kind of seeing how having this on your record affected other aspects of your life.
2: Yeah, and it, it did take a little bit of time because I didn't really pursue the touring world. And, you know, the first time going up to Canada for pleasure and lunch, after that I just said, that's fine, I don't need to go to Canada. But now I'm, I'm finding that I do need to go to Canada.
0: I'm curious, where are you right now?
2: Um, let's see, today I'm in Louisville.
0: Got it, what are you there for?
2: Uh, we have a concert tomorrow at the Mercury Ballroom here. And then the following day, we go to Bonnaroo in in Manchester, Tennessee.
0: So you're in a band, I take it?
2: I do the lighting for the band. Right now, I'm with Trombone Shorty in Orleans Avenue. They're a New Orleans-based kind of funk, jazz, rock band. I'm also right now working with Willie Nelson's Outlaw Music Festival for their tour.
0: That's cool. How do you like the work?
2: I love it. I've been doing it. Since I was in you know middle school, basically,
0: so are you on the road most of the time, you would say?
2: Yeah, we have a we have a pretty slow season in the beginning of the year every year, but by the time March April comes around, I'm right now I'm booked until October. You know, touring around we we tour around basically the world. You know, I do a lot of Europe, and we're so close to Canada. we do lots of Canada shows as well, and I always have a hard time getting to those shows. <laughs> I don't there's even jobs I don't even want to attempt to take because it would hurt my reputation to not be able to go do a show, you know.
0: When you say difficulties, what what does that mean exactly? Like how does that come out when you're trying to book something or travel somewhere?
2: So up until recently, I was able to get a TRP, which is a temporary residency permit to go into Canada if you if, if they uh, assess you and they seem like you have a, a reasonable reason to come into Canada they'll give you a TRP and let you come for a limited amount of time but even this last time their discretion decided that I've had enough TRPs and they weren't gonna let me in anymore on that (laughs) so so now Canada actually won't let me in because of the two marijuana charges that I have from over five years ago
0: so what do you do in that situation you know you've booked a gig you can't get out there what happens then
2: so in this case, we actually had a show in Cancun the day before. So we flew from Cancun all the way up to Toronto, and we, when we got there, um, they basically denied me entry. But we, we got there late at night, so there was no flights out that night. They let me stay for the next afternoon so that I could get through with my show. And then they flew me out that evening. So the next time we go to Canada, I probably will just not even attempt and have them fly me wherever they're going to go after Canada and meet up with them there.
0: You just kind of skip that gig.
2: Yeah, which doesn't look very good on my end, you know. They, they obviously want to hire someone that can be at all the shows.
0: <laughs> Josh said because he's on tour, he won't be attending the upcoming clinics. So he turned to Vermont Legal Aid for expungement help.
3: We've definitely seen some pretty immediate results from getting that record cleared.
0: This is Maraid O'Reilly. She's Vermont Legal Aid's Poverty Law Fellow.
3: I do civil legal advice and representation for low-income Vermonters.
0: And I wonder if you could help me define what expungement means. When somebody's charge is expunged, what does that mean? What actually happens?
3: When a conviction or a charge is expunged, um, it's literally the entire record is destroyed. So any agency or institution that holds that record basically shreds that and there's no documentation of it. And and what that means for the person who has the record expunged is um, they can legally say that they've never been arrested, charged, or convicted of that particular crime. And if that was the only thing on their record, then um, they can legally say they've never had any arrest charge or, or a criminal conviction in Vermont.
0: How does that typically affect a client's life? What changes for them after those charges disappear?
3: What my clients have experienced is the opening up of a lot of opportunities related to education, um, employment, employment licensing, and housing. So I have had clients, many of whom have been offered employment conditional on uh, their ability to expunge the record, and when we've successfully expunged the record, they end up getting hired in a work situation that offers them uh, more income, better benefits, and is a bit more meaningful for them. So employers, like landlords, sometimes see a record and they feel concerned about you know, what they think is taking a chance on someone, and so if the record's removed, then they they wouldn't face any legal liability for hiring them or having them in their housing project as a tenant or apartment as a tenant.
0: And you mentioned education too. But how does that tend to affect educational opportunities?
3: It can and does impact people's ability to get loans. And it also impacts admissions into certain programs, both two- and four-year programs and others, even just certificate programs, sometimes will prevent or will screen people out based on having a criminal record.
0: Josh, you had reached out to Vermont Legal Aid because you were interested in the expungement process. What do you see changing for yourself if that process goes through for you?
2: I'm hoping that once once I can get the charges expunged that I can talk with some Canadian consulates and such, and it'll be a lot easier for me to let them aware that I'm kind of I'm not a risk to them at all. I'm not it's not something it's ongoing. You know, people screw up in the past. Everyone knows that.
0: <laughs> I mean, do you um, feel like you do you feel like you really screwed up? I mean, I'm curious what you think generally about laws prohibiting marijuana possession after what you've gone through.
2: Oh, generally in in my mind, I don't think I screwed up, but I know I know what the rest of the public Sees and thinks a lot of the time, but no, I mean I I'm I'm no threat to anyone. I'm no harm. <laughs> like I don't like to go out drinking and get drunk. I like to stay in my house and be comfortable. You know. Um, I'm sure there's lots more people in my shoes that are having problems furthering their career and doing good new things because of old things that these days aren't even a big deal. <laughs>
3: So the marijuana laws in the state of Vermont have changed, and the possession of a certain a small amount of marijuana is no longer criminal. And so it's, I think that what these state's attorneys are effectively saying to the community is that they don't believe that individuals should be saddled with criminal records for conduct that, that the legislature has determined uh, is, is no longer criminal and and that we've accepted as a community.
1: The conduct would no longer be criminal after July 1st. Why should a person be saddled with a conviction for a lifetime for behavior that would be legal starting the summer?
0: Maraid, what's your role going to be in these upcoming Expungement days for marijuana charges.
3: So my role actually is pretty minimal. I am going to help folks who are eligible and just fill out a a fee waiver form. I'm also going to be intaking and providing information for clients who may have criminal convictions or charges that are eligible for expungement, but that won't be addressed during the marijuana expungement day. So we anticipate, based on experience, that. Some of the folks who come to the marijuana expungement days may have additional convictions and charges, and we want to make sure that they know about their rights under other expungement and sealing laws and that they connect with legal aid to get that help within the next couple of months. There are um, three to four different laws that we would look at and use in our analysis of whether someone's eligible or not. So we typically just have those individual conversations, and they can be pretty quick. Um, We take a look at someone's record, and within a couple of minutes we can determine whether they would be eligible.
0: And if they are found to be eligible in that initial conversation, Mm -hmm. what happens then? What's the process after that?
3: Right, so the process is, is pretty quick. So we at Legal Aid would enter into a retainer agreement, a lawyer-client relationship. There are a couple of of things that we would need to check on, like was restitution paid, um, when was the sentence actually completed, just to um, align with what the statutory requirements are for expungement or sealing. And then we would, if... The state's attorney in, in that particular jurisdiction is a state's attorney who is interested in potentially stipulating. Um, we would reach out to the state's attorney with a petition and request uh, that they stipulate, and then we file it in court. And in some counties, we've seen that it's really just a, a two-week-long process. From the time we start the conversation with the client to the time they get their certificate from the court, um, it can be a pretty quick turnaround. Wow. Now, if the volume starts increasing drastically, that may not be the case, but Certainly, there are there are some counties where it's there's, as I said, a, a pretty quick turnaround for these um, petitions.
0: I'm wondering, since the days that these uh, particular clinics were announced, what kind of a response have you seen from the public?
3: I have received a little bit of feedback. I mean, I've seen some social media feedback, which has been positive, and that's sort of folks who are interested in criminal justice reform have been pretty pleased that these are happening in our communities. And then the other way that I sort of get any feedback is through clients, right? And and typically it's just the clients who are unable to make those sessions and they're concerned that they may miss out on this important opportunity. And so they reach out um, to either the law school or to legally directly to see if they can't still get, get the help they would need, even though they can't make it to the clinic? And the answer is yes. Um, and so I've just been communicating with folks who are motivated to get their records expunged after learning about this opportunity. Yeah, so I'm quite pleased that uh, these state attorneys have taken it upon themselves um, to provide this service for community members.
0: As of now, only two state's attorneys have come forward with plans for expungement. David Cahill in Windsor County and Sarah George in Chittenden. And both David and Maraid told us they're still pushing for reforms that would make this process easier.
1: In all fairness, the expungement process requires that an individual jump through many, many hoops in order to get their record wiped clean. When in all fairness, it should be more of a right than a uh, elaborate process like going to the DMV. But right now, under current law, it is a process like going to the DMV, and we're trying to make it a little bit easier. No offense to the DMV, by the way. I've had many pleasant experiences there.
3: Over this past session, there's been some changes made to the expungement and sealing law, and I would just want folks to know that over the next year or two, there will be a, a group that's convening to um, continue to work on expanding both access to the expungement and sealing remedies, as well as the types of crimes that are eligible for expungement. And so I would just encourage folks to keep keep an eye on the news and or reach out to uh, Legal Aid if you're interested in getting more information on those efforts, um, especially if you're potentially interested in, in getting involved.
0: Well, thanks, Mariette. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you. can learn more about the upcoming expungement clinics at vtdigger.org. Thanks to Elizabeth Hewitt for additional reporting this week. The Deeper Dig is our weekly podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or in your smartphone's podcast app to access our full archive and get new episodes as soon as they land. We'll be back next week with more stories from the Digger newsroom. Have a nice weekend.